Lots of margaritas. It's Amanda Getz, founder of House of Wise, luxury CBD for women. And I gotta be honest, I'm curious about this. Never tried it, interested in trying it. Um, basically, she had me at stress gummies. Um, there's also strength gummies. I need to know more about the gummies. Um, she's also a single mom of three that left her corporate job to launch a startup during a pandemic. Here's my episode with Amanda Getz. Squats and Margaritas is about balancing all the things I bring on, inspiring, empowering people, mostly moms, to just talk about how you balance it all. Single mom of three. Yeah. (laughs) Launching a brand during a pandemic, all of that. And then honestly, I'm very interested in CBD. I've never tried it. You had me at strength gummies, which made me click. And then I went and saw that there are stress gummies and sex gummies and sleep gummies. And right now I, at the end of the day, it's like a margarita or wine, which I'm not against, but you saying that it messed with your sleep. And that's kind of where this was born. I need more information about this. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Yes. Welcome. So house of wise really started from a personal story where I found myself kind of at the height of my career. I was a marketer my whole life, um, managing a global brand, had a huge team. I loved my job. Um, and I had three kids under the age of four and I just filed for divorce. And so my, like I was going to therapy and I had been for like a year before I filed. So I felt like I was in a good place, but just like situational anxiety and depression, like would what, and I was still going through postpartum depression as well. And I would turn to like the nightly glass of wine. Like I get the kids to bed, you know, open my computer because I had to have left work at four to get my kids from school, et cetera. And so open my computer, have the glass of wine sitting there. What happened was I started to have more anxiety attacks, like throughout the day, you know, that like tense feeling in your chest and you're like, wait, I can't catch my breath. What the heck is going on? And I would get like dizzy and I'm like, okay, some, something's not going well. And yes. so I realized I started to research, like, why do I get sleepy after I have the glass of wine? But yet, like I would wake up at like two in the morning, like yes. wide awake. Yes. And what I started to do is I started to like like get it really into biohacking. So I like went to a gut health doctor and do the like gut microbiome test where you like shit in a cup and it's like hilarious, but (laughs) disgusting, but informative, (laughs) but super informative. And what I realized in my sleep is that I was falling asleep fast because I was tired and the wine was helping, but the sugar kicks in and your sleep efficacy, meaning how long you're staying in your REM cycle is greatly disrupted when you drink alcohol. Mm. And, and so I turned to cannabis for the first time in my entire life and felt such shame in it because I was like, wait, I'm an executive at a company and like, come and, and this is like societal pressure, right? Like some yes. companies still drug test and it's not federally legal everywhere. And, yes. and so it is got shame and stigma and rightfully so from a like legal standpoint, like if it's not legal, you still have to obtain it illegally. Um, and, but then CBD was federally legal. And so I went to like my normal drugstore and I was looking at, there's just so much CBD on the market. 
And I would try different ones and some would make me groggy. Some would make my eyes like a little bloodshot. And I, I just realized that when the farm bill was passed and CBD came to market, there was no regulation on this stuff. And so people were just slapping labels on whatever they could get their hands on and selling it as this like cure-all for everything and anything. Yep. And so the, I, I didn't think I was going to start a company to be like fully transparent. Like I, this is my second startup and my first one on paper failed. Like it led me to the knot um, where I was for like six years, but I did not want to be a CEO and like entrepreneur again. This is like hard, Yeah. but uh, <laughs> pandemic hit and I saw all of my mom friends drinking more than they had ever drank in their life and also really struggling. Like that yep. shit was really dark. Yes. There yep. was like, it's like someone told you to start a marathon and then kept moving the finish line. And you're yes. like, I have nothing left. To nothing. Get. It was groundhog day every day. My kids were two and four, not yep. going to school. I had this brand that I did from home when they went to school and you couldn't do it anymore. They were there all the time. Oh. And I, my anxiety, I was already on medication for anxiety in that. So basically I self-medicated with more margaritas than typical. And I, my drinking every day started in the pandemic. Like it yeah. became such a habit and I do moderate it, but I, I just totally cut you off on your story. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you made me think like, I go to bed so easily. Like, it's like my favorite part of the day. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm gonna be the best night's sleep. And then my alarm goes off and I do the calculation. I'm like eight hours. Like I slept for eight hours. Why am I exhausted? And it's because I'm not getting quality sleep. I'm just, I'm in the bed, but it, the sugar is kicking in, whether it be a margarita or wine. And what I'm doing to help myself wind down is working against me a couple hours later and I'm not getting solid sleep. So every day drinking, being at home with the kids for a year and then the cycle, like not sleeping, the shit was hard. <laughs> It was so hard. And so I I'm like, of all the times in my life to start a company, this is probably the worst time. Cause I'm divorced and we were trying to shuffle the kids back and forth and co-parent, but at the end of the day, it wasn't working. And so my, my kid's father needed to stay in New York city, but like New York city was like the epicenter. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I took the kids to, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, where we were in a house and we had a backyard and we could breathe a little bit. Um, but I was like, this is the worst time to start this company, but I knew how much it helped me. Yeah. And, and I'm not like, like, I'm very intentional with my drinking. Like if I'm going to drink, it's because I want to like laugh and have like a blast and dance my face off and yes. be silly and whatever. But so like my new phrase is like, I don't drink on a school night. Cause it's like, ha ha ha. That's funny. And like easy. And, and it helps me ease into it. But, um, so anyway, long story short, yeah. I met with a team of chemists and started to realize the power of CBD as a binding agent and an activator. And what I mean by that is CBD alone does not make you horny. CBD alone does not make you fall asleep. Oh. CBD alone helps restabilize your endocannabinoid system, your ECS. And so if you're overstimulated, it helps bring you down. If it's understimulated, it helps bring you, it keeps kind of that, that central nervous system in balance, right? Yeah. 
But what I realized is when you add an active ingredient to CBD, so when I paired my melatonin with CBD, I, I could take less melatonin and still feel the same effects. Wow. And so I started to really think about what functions women struggle the most with. And it's all based on like, usually around stress, right? Yes. When you have high stress levels, you have high cortisol levels. And yep. when you have high cortisol levels, that blocks natural melatonin production. It blocks your libido, all the chemicals you need to actually activate that part of your body. And so women are constantly put like in this bad light of like, I'm not in the mood, but like there is science behind that because we have like hormones that are released at different times throughout the month because we have menstrual cycles. Like there's so much science that like, we feel all this shame and guilt that we should be like, having sex all the time, but it's like, yeah. no, you need help. And so we, I, I started house of wise under this like brand mission that women can't do it all without help and help comes in all these forms. It comes from people, it comes from products, et cetera. And so we're just trying to put women back in the driver's seat of their lives. And so we have sleep, we have sex, we have stress, and we just launched our strength product, which is a pre-workout gummy, which people, when they hear that they're like CBD for pre-workout, <laughs> but like, have you ever gotten on a treadmill and you're like, yes. And you can't turn your brain off. There is something to that. Like I had a hypnotist on my show and she always talks about trance. And like, when you go into trance, that's when all your ideas flow. And she's like, have you ever like woken up in the middle of the night? And you're like, I need to write something down. She's like, because everything else is out and you're in trance. And I was like, I, I do that sometimes when I'm sleeping, but I, I wouldn't be able to turn my brain off during the day. Then I was on a run and I realized how many times I go for a run and I come back and I, so you're many like, things that I need to write down because yeah. you go into trance when you're running, like she's like the cadence of your run. And that's when your mind opens up. So there is something to that, like mellowing you out and getting into that trance state. She's like, that's when athletes like hit their PRs or you see that basketball player that makes like 33, um, three pointers in a row. And is just like in the zone. She's like, that's trance. And you can get there when everything else and all the stress is gone. That's when you're in your like natural trance state. So working out like that, I'm sure has benefits. hundred percent. And, and what I see with women is you know, one, we have a thousand things to do that we can easily put before ourselves, right? Yeah. Like we're like, oh, I see the dishes need to be done. I'll wait, I'll postpone my workout. I don't want dishes to be piled up, whatever. Yes. What happens is when all of our like gummies, when you take it, it's kind of like a self-love moment for me anyway. When I pop my strength gummy, I know in 30 minutes, I'm going to feel the effects. And the cool thing is because CBD is an activator, I only needed to put 60 milligrams of caffeine, which is less than a cup of coffee, but it magnifies it. Wow. You have the burst of energy without like the jitters of pre-workouts and without the half-life of caffeine, which stays in your system way longer than people realize and also affects your sleep. And like a crash, um, right? Like when you come off of it, the caffeine. Right. Okay. Exactly. But, um, but yes. And so to go into that trance state for a second. Yeah. Um, one thing I've noticed with my kids is when I don't take a stress gummy and, and I've been on all day, uh -huh. your brain 
it's like an object in motion stays in motion. And so I'm like looking at my phone and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I got to go do that thing. And maybe it's a little bit of my ADD, but like once I like take my gummy and I allow that cortisol level to actually come down is when I'm not like, where's my phone? I can actually like be and watch like a cartoon with my kids or or like sit on the floor and play the thing that they want to play. Like I struggle with that immensely. Me too. I can't be present because like you said, dishes and everything is half-assed. Like I'll start the dishes and I'll see something else. And that maybe yeah. I have ADD, ADD <laughs> but um, everything is like half finished. Cause I'm like, there's, there's so many things going in my head. I can never just be present with my kids and sit on the floor and play the game. So, yeah. So we launched in December out of my home and sharp, my temporary COVID home that I was <laughs> renting, uh, during, COVID and, um, was shipping out from there. We raised, I raised two rounds of funding so far. And so we're like institutionally backed and, um, yeah, we're like 10 months old and, you know, trying to do this thing. This is amazing. And this is exactly, you said like, maybe it's a bad time to do it during the pandemic, but it was built out of necessity. The pandemic is what made you realize that women need this and it coming out now when we're starting to like open back up, but I feel just as stressed. Um, it's a perfect time. And who like, it's like, I recognize this need, everything you're saying. I'm just like nodding my head, but you did it. You're like, I can fix this. Like I recognize the need. And now you like made the step to like formulate something to help women and empower women. And do you feel like, I know you talk about the stigma and we kind of hit on the stigma of like, Nobody says anything. If you have like a glass of wine at the end of the day, it's like mom's having a glass of wine, but it's like, Oh, you're like smoking weed or CBD. It's like a stigma about it. Did you get pushback? Did you do like focus groups that women were kind of like hesitant just because of the stigma and also women needing something and needing help and not being like superwoman? Yes. I mean, so many yeses to all the things that you just said, like the, like I'm from the Midwest where like, where you're Ohio, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Illinois. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up small town, like, and where it's like drinking was totally uh, accepted and okay. Yes. Yes. And just in society in general, but like, it's so funny. I go to a party now and I'll like come with like a bag full of sleep gummies to be able to hand out to everybody. And, and everybody's like, Oh, the dealer is here. And I, and I'm like, okay, first and foremost, like one, we need to stop. Like that is now like Cannabis is legal in so many states recreationally. Yeah. Let's start removing this like idea that you're doing something bad, right? Yes. That's yes. first and foremost. And second, like, let's talk about the cannabis plant. Cause I think it, it let's, let's actually like understand the plant itself. Cause I, grew up I don't, farm. I don't understand. I need like exactly. Okay. Yes. I need this. Cool. So all cannabis plants, like whether it's hemp or marijuana, that's the same plant. And it's when it's harvested is what makes it marijuana versus hemp. And what I mean by that is early in a plant's like growth phase, it has high CBD count, low THC. And if it's harvested and it has less than 0.3% THC, that is industrial hemp. It can be used for CBD products. Okay. We use full spectrum CBD, meaning we take all the terpenes and cannabinoids and that gives it more of the full spectrum effect. So it does have THC ours does. Um, but it's less than 0.3%, which is the federal legal limit. And it doesn't have the psychoactive THC, which gets you the head high. 
And so many people are like, oh yeah, I tried, I tried weed once in college and I had this like crazy anxiety attack and I will never touch that again. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Same. I'm like, it does not for me. I wanted it to be over. I like, I don't understand how anybody want that feeling. Like I didn't feel in my body and I hated it. They yep. wasn't not like when I'm, I almost said like when I'm drunk, when I'm drink, <laughs> like I have a buzz, I like yeah. that feeling, but aha, yes, I was out of control. Yes. Yep. And so that's just, you had way too much THC for your body <laughs> and especially for your ECS to process. And so for me, like CBD is like my staple every day. I use it before, like I pop it about like right when I wake up the kids, I pop it. And so that way, by the time I'm in the car driving them to school, which I just like got three kids dressed and I'm like stressed to the max. I threw a like ego waffle at them. Yeah. And then when I'm in the car, I'm like calm again. So I can focus <laughs> on the things that like are important, like paying attention to my driving. Cause I'm not yes. the best driver. So, um, anyway, going back to the plant, mm-hmm. right. So CBD, THC, just is how much amount of each is in the plant at the time that it is harvested. Okay. And so they call it hot, meaning it's high THC, low CBD. That's when it's marijuana. That's when it will get you high, a head high, um, which is what we all associate. And, yes. I, and I will say that like the house of wise, as we grow and expand, there's a world where it's like, if you like the sex gummy and it works for you, maybe we start to do a 15 one where it's 15 milligrams of CBD and one milligram of THC. Cause that does activate it even more. But I, I walk into a dispensary in California. <laughs> if I take one gummy from one of those things, I'm doing exactly what you're talking about, where I am in a corner of a room yes. and to be over. And there's nothing else they do to it. It's just like, however it's harvested the way it is, that's marijuana. They don't have to like, nope. it just, if it comes out low, it's uh, CBD. If it comes out high. Right. Exactly. It's like when they harvest it. Cause like early in the plant's growth period. The oh, I gotcha. It, like, yeah. So go, it's purposeful har- harvesting. Like we're going to get this now. Cause it'll be CBD. We're going to let this sit a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. You also made me think of this too. I am so touched out at the end of yep. the day. And they're like on me. All yeah. I want is right now a margarita or a glass of wine, but I'm switching over, um, is a gummy like just to just be nobody touching me, watch TV and have a moment totally by myself. So it's not that yeah. I'm like anti-sex. It's just like, that is so far from where I'm at yeah. right now. Like I'm not even, I like sleep is everything. Nobody touching me. And it like, it affects your relationships. And I don't know if it's just like this stage in life, it's going to ask you more about your divorce, but like, no, I'm divorced, yeah. When they have young kids, because you're so touched out and like that it's not even like, I'm not, I, I love him, but it's like, the, I don't want I don't want anybody on me. And how many divorces yeah. happen when your kids are in that young stage when it's just hard. Yeah. So I want to shift like that thinking of that. It's your fault that like, you don't want sex because yeah. you know what I mean? Cause I think yes. even just hearing you say that, like you're putting ownership on yourself for not yeah. wanting sex. And, and that alone, like is not healthy, like thought cycles, right? Because you're, we're doing so much as moms and like, yes, you have no sex drive because hormones, 
And like we talked about the high cortisol suppressing the actual chemicals you need. And so when I became single, I was like, fuck, I have to go on dates. Like (laughs) I I have to to remember, (laughs) remember how to do this and feel sexual after. And like, and I can't complain about the fact that the kids are all over me because like, it's a first date or whatever. And so one thing that I, I talked to a sex therapist about this and because we have an in-house sex therapist and what I came to the conclusion that I need to own the transition. We are multi-hyphenate at multi-hyphenates as women, right? Like we're moms, we're sexual beings, like on our own, we are each of those things, but at any given time, we're not all of those things. Like you are not a sex bot when you're making Mac and cheese (laughs) and a kid is like screaming in your face. Yeah. But if you honor the transition. And so for me, I have like a, a very like systematic transition where kids, if I'm going on a date and I need to get out of stressed out founder mom mode, and I need yeah. to get into like my sex bot. Right. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking Austin powers when I say that, <laughs> like I come yeah. out with like, yeah. like on fire or whatever, but um, <laughs> so I like put the kids to bed. I pop a sex gummy, even if I'm not going to have sex, it, it still helps get me out of my head and also increases blood flow to all of those regions, Wow, which is what the active ingredients do. It increases blood flow and it increases lubrication. And so that all of a sudden now I can feel when my like hand touches my body, I feel that because it's increased the stimulation. Right. And then I take a bath because bath time is like my time to just like Mm -hmm. sit with myself, Mm -hmm. put on music. And then I like go to the mirror and I like enjoy whether it's like my skincare routine or like my makeup. I look at myself and remind myself that like my identity is not just a mom, like your identity no longer, like for some reason we have kids all of a sudden, like who we are as humans gets wrapped up and it's so hard to disassociate. Like I'm a mom and and that, and you can be an, and it's not an, or statement, you know, you feel like you're not supposed to, I had a mom life coach on a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, society has made it that if a woman is doing anything that is not like ultimately taking care of her kids in that moment, it's like, you're a bad mom. So you feel like at any time I can never just fully focus on anything because I, I, I I'm worried about, I guess I, I, it is like people's perception of me and I worry about people be like, oh, you're at homework. Like, where are your kids? Like, even though I don't think that about other people, like she was like, do you think that, do you judge people? Like, why do you think people are judging you? And I guess it's because I was like, I see all these moms going to work nine to five, um, just killing it at work, coming home, no nanny, no housekeeper making dinner. And I try to do the same thing. And I don't want people thinking like, well, you don't work. You're a stay at home mom. Like now you have somebody helping out with your kids. And she's like, why are they saying that? Why do you think that they're saying that? And it's like, I just have this, I don't want anybody to have the perception of me as not being on it as a mom. And it's just societal pressure that you're a mom. And that is it for now until they get older. And it's just what you signed up for. Well, same with like sexuality, right? It's like your sexuality. If we look at somebody posting whatever they want on Instagram, yeah. And they don't have kids. It's like, oh, yeah. all of them have been trained that sex is for intention of procreation, 
not for pleasure, which is actually what it is about. Yes. And all of a sudden you become a mom. It's like, well, I had my sex to have my kids, so (laughs) I can't be sexy anymore. Yeah, You posted. It's like, oh, you're a mom. Your kids are going to see that one day. Yes. Right. And all of a sudden we, that is the heteronormative patriarchal like language because it was for a man's pleasure. It was for procreation. And so when you're owning your sexuality, which is, this is the work I've had to do becoming single again and being a mom of three. And I am a, like a sex positive person. Like I embrace my sexuality, but this inner narrative of like, what are people going to say? Yes. It's real, but we have to just like zoom out and realize like everybody is so wrapped up in their own stuff. Like no one cares. <laughs> I thought people were going to like disown me. I grew up in a conservative Catholic household. Thanks. I was like, literally, if I file for divorce, like I'm going to have a scarlet letter on my life. Then it happened. I did the work. I went to therapy for a year before I filed. And when it happened, and I started telling people that we were separating. No one doesn't, people don't care about your life that much. Like they have their own shit. When did you decide that, that it was moving towards a divorce through therapy? So I went to therapy because I was ready to separate okay. and I, my son had just been born. And so I, he was eight weeks old and I was like going through postpartum depression. I had two toddlers while I was doing that. My career was like, I was leading marketing for a big company. We were going through like an acquisition. It was a lot. Yeah. Therapist. I remember the first session I'm like bawling hysterically and I'm like, I want a divorce, et cetera. And she's, she's like, let's, you're so emotional right now. She's like, you need to be able to say it without crying. And she's like, do the work so that for me, it was, we got, I got married when I was 19. Like, let's just be super like upfront about that, the things I was looking for. And I had not done the inner self work and the shadow work to understand what my subconscious was choosing versus my conscious, which your subconscious is choosing to try to repair things from your childhood. And, and so like, once you do that therapy work, you can recognize like what you were looking for then is not who I grew into. Oh my God. Yes. I was super submissive. I was okay taking care of the house and be wanting to be a mom. And I idolized motherhood so much. And then all of a sudden I became a 30 something with a fucking amazing career and I was doing everything. And I no longer wanted that. Like I no longer wanted to like parent three kids and know where your fucking pants are. So you could go to a conference. Like that's not the role. And so my therapist said the best thing to me, she was like, I know you're angry right now all the time. She said, reframe it rather than being angry all day, start looking at, if you really do want to go down the path of being divorced and being on your own, you're going to have to take out the trash, do the dishes, do all that stuff on your own. Anyway, you won't have help. So if that, the shift for me was spending six months doing all of that, taking the three kids on excursions, like getting my, my like confidence in being able to do it all myself. What I realized was like, okay, this is going to be my life. And I could see it. And like, we were just like, we are good friends now. Like we actually have, we lived together during COVID for a chunk of time. Like I love him. He is an amazing father. We, we were just like co-parents already. And, and so 
for us, like I can celebrate him and we still take vacations and he's moved on. And, and I'm really, really thankful that I made that step to say like, this is not the life I was choosing anymore. And it was no longer working for me. And there's no medals at the end of it. Like divorce is fucking hard. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. But like, there's no medals at the end of being like, congratulations, you survived. Like, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, that that's kind of like my little soapbox. <laughs> I thought right. that's what I wanted. All I wanted was kids. And I do, I love being a mom, but it's like, I want, I'm not fulfilled just being at mom, a mom at home. And I do find fulfillment through like, even just like putting out a blog post, like yeah. creating something like that fulfills me. And I feel guilt about that. Well, just, every day um, we wake up and like, we make, we are not the same person. I remember like one of our fights, he said, where's the woman I married? And I was like, she's back in college. She's 19. Like yes. if you want her go get someone like her because she's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And every single day we wake up a different person because of experiences that in, in new people in our lives and what we like the work we're doing inside of ourselves and in a relationship, if we don't stay curious about who that person is today and becoming, you will wake up one day and be like, wait, totally blindsided that you are changing and, and, and like, wait, now you want something different. And I don't know how to adjust. And for me, like I went to therapy first. Um, and cause in the Midwest therapy has stigma. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I was like, Hey, I, I feel like we should go to couples therapy. And it was like, no, 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 this is normal. We have three small kids. Like I said that earlier. Yes. You yeah. feel like that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, if you're not happy, then you need tools in your toolkit to figure it out. And yeah. many people like my, my, um, lawyer had written a book that literally is called like, if you're in my office, it's too late. Like wow. if you go talk to a divorce attorney, like it's usually too late. And usually couples who go to couples therapy because it's at that breaking point, it's also almost too late because wow. it's like at that point, all this stuff has festered for so long that it's like the final straw is going to therapy. It's like, for me, if I start dating someone seriously again, I will be like, we're going to therapy. Like, Wednesday I, nights. Nothing's we're wrong. <laughs> yes. We are in therapy. Now yes. there's apps for it. And, and like, like yeah. there's an amazing app called lasting. Um, and, and so things like that, that you can do kind of the work on your own, but I'm like, no, we are going to have these tools from the get go when you've done the work and you know, what's ahead. Um, and, and for some couples, like there's no one size fits all. And I remember Googling a thousand times, when should you get a divorce? Like, and, and I was like, wait a second, am I Googling to ask (laughs) for like actual information or if I'm just looking for permission, permission, yes. Like mm -hmm. permission is what I was looking for someone to say, you can do this. And no one's going to do that because it's your fucking marriage. Like no one is going to say to you, my therapist would never say it to me. And I was like, tell me, should I? And she's like, that is not my decision. And she's like, you're asking for permission again. Do you? And so it's like, that. I get that though. Well, she said, she Um, said it was time. (laughs) So it's not really me (laughs) that it was time. I I took my uh, advice. Yeah. I get that though. Then it's like, 
I tried, but she said it's not working. (laughs) What did you say? I read a Forbes article. We should unapologetically be taking care of ourselves because no one else really does. Like that spoke to me so much. Like who takes care of mom? (laughs) Well, okay. So I have this new thing. This is new for me that I haven't articulated very well, but my new parenting, like mom style is be a dad. (laughs) Great. So Sign let me, me up. right. So let, let me just like reframe this in, 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 especially if you are create your creator and you have deadlines and like for me building a company, like I'm on meetings all day long. Yeah. The school started this, this fall and I homeschooled my kids for the last year. So this was like, so jarring to have three kids going Come into on. school <laughs> with, with like the inbound of information of like, this is open house for this kid. And oh my God, oh, yes. this in for this class. And, and you know what? I was like, all this shit is coming to moms. It's like even address like moms, da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't go to open house to hear about what time arrival is and what time dismissal is when it's read, I can read it on a thing or I I'm all about like, can't make that zoom call, send it in a PowerPoint, like, or like, give me the PowerPoint afterwards. And wow. here's the TLDR. No, what it doesn't change. Like, trust me, it's scary to do it because I am a perfectionist in so many ways. I'm so scared. I'm going to miss an email. And like, I, she didn't have you on a black what? shirt for black shirt day. And then um, it's like, do you even read your emails? Like, where are you? You're a stay at home mom. So, okay. I, two days ago, we, I go to Starbucks, which is right next to my kid's school. And, um, my, my daughter's like, Oh, it's, you know, so-and-so I can't remember her name. And, um, and I was like, why should we wear a green shirt? Cause my kids go to a public school that has uniforms. And I was like, why should we wear a green shirt? And my daughter Lincoln looks up to me and she's like, Oh, it's green shirt day at school. And I was like, you don't have a green shirt on. I would have been and like, shit, we have to go get a green shirt. Nope. And I was like, how does that make you feel? Mommy, mommy missed something. Like, I didn't know that it was green shirt day. And um, I was like, did you know it was green shirt day? And she was like, yeah. And I said, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, <laughs> okay, so maybe we both kind of missed this one. And, uh-huh. and, and I was, and she was like, yeah, it's okay. And then we walked up to school and there was a couple other kids with red shirts on and not green. And I was like, see other parents. I was like, you know what? Mommy's really busy. And I missed this one. I'm sorry if that makes you feel like left out. Uh, and, and we'll both do better on trying to, but like, I promise you, my kid is not going to be traumatized (laughs) because they didn't wear a fucking green shirt on a day at school. But you know what? Me checking those emails every 30 minutes, trying to catch everything (laughs) on myself is I, I will lose it. That made me think of something else. You said you outsource the things like laundry, like something that is stressing you out. And if that is the thing for you, I can't, I don't think I, well, I, I could outsource baths to my husband, but bath time is the time of day that I'm like, I just don't even want to, there's just so many getting their clothes out for like their pajamas, their clothes out for the next day, washing them both ones running around. Like I, I, that is my, like the bane of my existence is bath time every night. And you said like with your laundry. So you're like, I just don't do laundry anymore. I outsource it. And now that has probably, I didn't think that that was an option. Like I'm the mom. I do the laundry. I do the baths. Like you're a mom. Like you don't, you don't bathe your kids. You don't do your family's laundry. Again, I'm worried about the perception and nobody gives a shit what you're doing. Cause everybody's worried about their own baths and laundry. I, and, 
I mean, let's face it, like social media in the 1950s, no one knew what was going on in Joe's <laughs> house down the street. Like Joe literally could be like not bathing her kids for four days in a row and no one would know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We see everything on social media. And it's like that one rock star mom who's like, look at this, like glow stick bath night that I did. And it yeah. was like sensory bins and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I block all that stuff. Like I love that like there's people like that out there, but it causes me guilt and shame. Yes. And so I don't have bound. I have strict boundaries for those things. I don't allow myself to see it anymore. And it has nothing to do with them and everything to do with me. Yeah. But I don't allow myself to see it. I love that. Um, but I want to so- see it. Like I want to be like, but they're, it's what you're seeing is what they want you to see. They're not going to post something that they're, they don't want out there. Like if they had a good night in the last couple of weeks, that's going on stories. And it's like, oh my God, look, but like, you don't know what was happening an hour before that. Or you don't know if that celebrity mom handed the baby as soon as they were done shooting to the nanny who's raising them. We don't know. We see what they want us to see. And then we try to live up to that and feel like we can't. And then it's like cortisol and stress and all of it. Oh, and, and so for like delegation and outsourcing for me, yeah, like it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom and working. And I don't like every mom is not a stay-at-home mom. Like I, like I did the stay-at-home mom thing with my first company. I was, I was, you know, building it while I was at home with my kids. And it's like, I still had a, a babysitter every single day because I was like, I, I still have to do stuff. And yeah. the way that I look at it now is through like, what is the value of my time? And like, when I was working a corporate job, I could easily calculate my hourly rate. Now it's harder, right? Like, mm-hmm. but when you're a content creator, et cetera, or a founder, it's harder to give it like a quantitative number. Yeah. But like, there is a number that you can assign that if you were focused on getting clients or growing your following or, you know, building a community, there's a value there. And so for me, most recently, which this one was really hard for me to figure out, but I started researching on Thumbtack chefs. Cause I fucking hate cooking. Yeah. Right. I hate it. Yeah. I hate like figuring out the cognitive yeah. overhead. It's not about the meal, the 45 minutes I'm cooking the meal. It's that I have to think about what to cook. And then the and whole then week of go meals. to the grocery store. Like that is over. Like I calculate it one day and it's like 10 hours of my week. Wow. That's a lot of time. Like if yeah. you did like, you know, seven hours, like one hour a day that you're cooking, like that's like a, I think a safe number. And then thinking about what you're cooking, plus going to the grocery store, driving there, coming back. That's about 10 hours a week. Let's that's conservative 10 hours of my week. And what you could have been doing, doing yeah, and making so much more money. And so what I do is I went on thumbtack, I found a chef who's a dad of four. It is less than $200 for him to come on a Monday and He goes and gets all the groceries. I pay for the groceries as well, but like $200 of his time in four hours, he's at my house and bulk makes like noodles for the kids, quesadillas for the kids and then healthy things for me. And so I'm actually saving money because three nights a week I was ordering takeout anyway. And your time is you're making money with your time when you're not positive doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like these little things that like, I feel, and trust me, I like, I'm a founder, a single mom. Like I don't have like crazy income coming in right now, but like my sanity, I will figure out how to make that, you know, 
$180 in another way, because I'm so much more sane throughout the week because I don't have to think about who's, what are we eating when I get the kids home from school? I just take everything out. The kids get to walk like it's old country buffet. They want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of this. And I'm like, great. Throw in the microwave. Everybody's fed. And it's great. That like, is why great. Do we, I, we should just talk about this stuff because you, if, if I didn't share that I did that, everybody's stressed out and they're like, there's, there's no alternative. I'm the mom. I have to cook this. Like, no, you don't. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.